Welcome to the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast. I'm Zach. I am Jack. And uh, Keith is here, but he's not here. So, anyways, guys, it's been 82 days since we last recorded. It has been a long overdue reunion between the boys. And we finally have video working, and it's working well. And um, just like all things, Zach, we had technical difficulties in learning how to do this as is completely expected and uh things are going smooth now so knock on wood let's hope to continue knock on some wood but uh oh there he is keith decided to join us welcome keith hey man (laughs) all right (laughs) all i saw in the group chat was are y'all willing to work on this document tonight I get on the Discord, and next thing I know, we're doing it live. So, you know, with a little the, bit of a little bit of heads up would have been stellar. Oh yeah, so so yeah, we impromptu off season podcast episode. This episode is going to be about the Ten Commandments of sports betting, and these are the rules that we typically like to focus on when we think we are making smart and educated betting decisions. So, welcome, boys. Long time no see. Let's just catch up real quick. A lot of things have changed. A lot of things have stayed the same. Like me being a complete degenerate, despite my best intentions. Let's start with Zach. Zach, welcome. Congratulations on moving to Tennessee. Hey, I appreciate it, man. It's been good so far. the The job is the job is the same as I was doing in Iowa. Just a little bit better location, a little bit better hours than getting settled in out here. They still got sports gambling out here, so that's awesome. That's clutch. I can still I can still bet the Grizzlies. Well, I could RIP Grizzlies. I could bet them. But, yeah, been uh, going on some dates, meeting some people, and just, just living large. So, Tennessee's all right. Perfect. Zach's got a, too Zach, many dates over there, yeah, man. Zach, look at that hair. You know this boy's going on dates. Six nights of the week. <laughs> too many. Anyways, Keith, how are you, sir? Can't complain, man. Doing all right. As the listeners know, I've been talking about the fiancé for – I guess several episodes now, if not every one of them. And uh, that day is rapidly approaching, so that's been pretty much my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go. I, I assume, you know, if we take another 84-day layoff or whatever, that too, uh, the next coming. time we record, I will be made an honest man of. So there's that. <laughs> well, since it probably could potentially end up being that long, I would like to go ahead and say congratulations in advance. To Keith for getting married at some point. Uh, Hey, man, we're making moves, and we tell ourselves we're, you know, adulting, but, you know, internally, mentally, I don't know if I quite feel like an adult. You and I, Jack, we did turn 30 this year, so. We did. Speaking of adulting, man, uh, yeah, this happened since the last podcast. I think you were a little bit before me, so. How do you feel? Was I 30? (laughs) I can't remember the last time, the exact day we recorded, but. Uh, well, it, last time we recorded was uh, March Madness, so it was like what? March oh yeah, so I guess it was. Yeah, I guess it was before, because yeah, I turned thirty at the end of March. But uh, I think I came to terms with the fact that I was finally an adult at like twenty nine and a half. So um, it it was all right. I mean, I drank a beer, I went and played some poker, and lost some money, and yeah, it was like a regular day. So uh, Zach, well, your birthday was actually right before. Yeah, mine was beginning of March. We so talked. It was like it was like the week after I came out there and visited. 
Oh, oh so we did talk about your birthday. So, yeah, yeah. so Keith, how how do you feel about being thirty now? Oh man, my birthday was filled with existential dread. So I didn't have the greatest time, <laughs> but I was down in Louisiana uh, around my folks. Um, flew in actually on my birthday. Uh, so it was cool. I was tired for most of the day because I slept like four hours because one, we had to get up and get on the plane. And two, I was just, again, just up in that existential dread. So that was wonderful. Oh, so but it was a good time being down in Louisiana. I had some daiquiris, had some crawfish, hadn't had those in like two years because of the pandemic. So it was great being back. I'm suddenly hungry and jealous. So, well, happy birthday to all of us. We're all a year older and a year wiser. Let's go ahead and get into this episode, boys. Like I said, 10 commandments of sports betting. Uh, all the rules that we try to follow and that we want to recommend for uh, the average gambler in terms of betting on sports to just be able to follow, things that can help you. Um, you know, everybody breaks the rules sometimes. We all, we're all sinners. And sometimes we don't even follow these rules, but we do our best. And if you want to ultimately have the highest chance at profitability, following these rules is probably going to be the best step for you. So let's go ahead and get right into it, boys. Commandment number 10, I will start. One that we have talked about numerous times throughout multiple episodes, and it's thou shalt bet the favorites early. Since obviously there's some extenuating circumstances for injuries, things of that nature, lots of money going on one side, but you're going to always want to try to bet the favorites early. Lines are going to change, especially money line odds. They're going to go down and down and down. And then, you know, Zach, you don't really have this problem because you bet dogs. And, I mean, like, always a good time to bet a dog. But if you're going to bet the favorites, take advantage of it as soon as you possibly can, especially during football season. The line on Monday morning is not going to be the same line on, at kickoff on Sunday the next week. So, number 10, in terms of our 10 commandments of sports betting, thou shalt bet the favorites early. Yeah, you hit on you hit on everything. Like you said, I like to bet underdogs quite a bit, but when I do bet the favorites, I try to get them as early as I can. I try to check lines the day for NFL. I try to drop check them the day they drop. For NBA, they usually drop late the night before the game is going to happen. I try to look at them as soon as they post, just to get out ahead on the favorites. And then if it's dogs, like you said, you can bet the dogs whenever you want, really, because you're getting you're getting good juice and value typically. But you can also wait on them till the last minute if you want, and that line might really fluctuate the hour before game time. But you pretty much hit on everything. Just just bet them favorites early if you like that favorite. Keith, what do you think? Nothing to add. I think you boys covered it pretty well. Um, you know, something we had talked about uh, during our football pods uh, about betting the favorites early, but now we're really setting it in stone on our two stone tablets for our sports betting commandments. Nothing more to add, though. Perfect. Well, let's go ahead and move along. Zach, you want to take away the ninth commandment? Absolutely. The ninth commandment for the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast commandments of sports betting. Thou shalt not consider short-term profit over long-term returns. Look, we're talking about the sports season in general. Whatever sport it is, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Same with betting. You're not going to win at all at one time it's 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 a long-term thing you keep that in mind and this is something that we like to look at with futures as well it's a long-term bet you're not you're not going to get the return the next day you know but a lot of times that's where your best value is at with that future so just keep in mind that you could be net positive for the year but you could lose five straight bets at one point because there's ebbs and flows with sports betting so do not consider the short-term profit over 
value of like long-term returns. I think also to, to kind of go with that, if you think about it, you know, it's like if you're consistently winning and you are hitting, you know, somewhere between like 55 and 60% of bets and, you know, you're betting your average one unit, let's just say $100 wager and, you know, making straight bets at $100 a piece, no parlays, being really smart with it. And then, you know, you're, you're up, let's just say 10 grand. And then you make one $10,000 bet and you lose it all. Like, why did you put in all the work to get to that point? Just, you know, just to throw it all away. And I, it's really easy to do dumb stuff like that, chase losses, things of that nature. But consistency is huge. You know, this is a, a definitely a long haul. You know, no one's going to get rich overnight as much as we all try and want to with the 10 leg parlays and stuff of that nature. But um, to make it doing any kind of sports betting or any kind of gambling for that matter, you got to look way far into the future and not just to tomorrow. So, Keith, what do you think about that one? I'm with it. Um, we like to talk occasionally on this podcast about investing. And one of the best ways to think about sports gambling is as investing. Um, you know, you want to consistently build, consistently uh, have your returns. You know, don't get swept up uh, online. If you see uh, action sports betting or uh, Bleacher Report bets, uh, you know, some guy makes like a lottery bet at like plus one million odds or something like that. You know, those are very few and far between. Um, even though you might see them on the internet all the time, there's tons and tons of losing bets in the interim. So, you definitely want to make sure that you're uh, you're just continuously building. Um, I guess you can call it a portfolio if you really want to think about it that way uh, in your uh, in your various online betting accounts. I think yeah, like you said, um, especially with like looking at futures. You know, there's different opportunities where you know the odds are going to change drastically, and you know you can look at that as like buying low, selling high, things of that nature. You know, cash out futures are all the rage nowadays. So um, you know, if you have you know, a team has a long shot at plus 2,000 to win a championship. And, you know, next thing you know, they're down to plus 400, plus 500. You know, you might have an opportunity to take some money off the table. So um, definitely look for stuff like that. And uh, futures are – they're a great way to make money. So a lot of times, you know, better than getting just betting on the money line for certain teams like Alabama every game, you're only going to make pennies on the dollar. Take them to win the championship. It might take a little bit longer, but even 100% ROI over six months, I mean, you're doing pretty good. So – Let's go ahead and move along to the next commandment. Keith, you want to take this one away? Yes, sir. Commandment number eight. Thou shalt always shop for the best line available. Uh, so this one's pretty simple. If you have access to multiple sports books, check uh, for a particular, say, futures bet or even a money line bet uh, on those different sports books to see which is offering the best odds. Because uh, otherwise you're leaving money on the table. So, for example or if MGM's offering you a certain team uh, at plus 200 on the money line and you go over to DraftKings and they're offering the same team at plus 250, well, you'd be a fool to make that bet on MGM. You know, you're leaving 50 points on the dollar uh, on the table if you're uh, if you're taking the DraftKings bet. Um, obviously, a caveat there is uh, certain circumstances such as free bets or promos, um, you know, you'll have to uh, weigh those individually um, with, you know, what you, what goals you're trying to achieve, um, based on those promos that are on the table, but all things being equal, um, you definitely want to make sure that whatever odds you're taking are the most advantageous for the same bet across different sports books. I know in my situation, I have to drive to New Hampshire to get to DraftKings, and that's the only one I've got available to me. And sometimes that'll be the case. Um, certain books will have, you know, different bets 
on or off the board, just kind of depending on what's going on. But you always want to make sure if you're making a single straight bet that uh, you're making sure that you're vetting all the resources around you and taking whatever the best odds are because you don't want to leave money on the table. Totally agree. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. He, he pretty much covered everything. Obviously, with sports gambling being legal in certain states and uh, illegal in others, like, like Keith mentioned, you may not have a super extensive amount of books to your disposal. So this isn't necessarily going to be an option for everyone, but as it gets more and more legalized and more and less taboo in, in the U.S. and throughout the world, if you're a, you know an international listener, it's good to shop the lines and any opportunity you can, especially Keith mentioned futures as well. Futures is a big thing that I see drastically different based on the book. And so you definitely want to shop those because you can get like, like Keith and Jackson hit on Julius Randall futures. You could have got him at, you know, plus 2,500 or 2,600 like they did on one book, but it could have been only offered at like plus 1,500 at another book. So definitely for futures, but really any bet, if you're doing money lines over unders, anything you're placing, it's good to shop the lines for the best one you can find. Totally agree. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's definitely been instances I've seen, you know, tennis futures, for instance, where the exact same player on DraftKings versus like a fan duel will be like plus 5,000 versus plus 3,000. And I mean, you're betting a hundred dollars and you make the bet plus 3,000 and it hits. I mean, you're just left $2,000 on the table. And I mean, that money ultimately could make or break you for the year in terms of, you know, actually doing pretty well. So definitely something to consider. Um, You know, I live in Colorado. Every book wants my dollar and they are competing for it, and I'm going to take advantage of that. So um, to show who I'm going to be loyal to, I'm going to put my money on who offers the best lines, and it's not always the same for every sport, obviously. Um, some, like me and Keith, for instance, have even discussed through the same sports book in different states having different odds for Formula One yeah. racing. So it's not consistent across all boards. You know, these books are trying to cover their own ass, and uh, you know, hitting a big long shot futures bet is is obviously a liability to them but um no you got to look out for you and the whole point is to make as much money as possible and you'd be a fool to not take the best that's most advantageous to you so i think that's good i think that's a really good one and could could probably have been higher up on the list but we'll leave it there just for time's sake so let's go ahead and move on to number seven sports betting podcast of the zach and jack sports betting podcast commandments for sports betting Number seven, uh, thou shalt not bet blindly. And I've been a victim of this multiple times. It's so easy to be a degenerate. Okay, so I noticed this the other day, right? MGM, I log into their app all the time. And at the top, sometimes there'll be a notification. It'll say, have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-THIS-NUMBER. Um, I don't know what the number is, sorry. But then I'll log out of the app, and I'll get a notification saying, Russian Table Tennis now live streaming bet now so i'm getting mixed signals but we've all fallen victim to it multiple times it's really really fun just you know sometimes you just want some action and you want to put some money on something and i think zach has a pretty good example uh, how did the daytona 500 betting go for you this year zach <laughs> yeah i i mean i know we've all done it but i definitely i definitely got got in too deep when the daytona 500 came around this year i had no action that day and i wanted I wanted some action. I wanted a chance to win something. So I put some money on Denny Hamlin to win the race. 
and he was looking good for a lot of it. And I felt, I felt good. I was like, oh man, I know NASCAR, but uh, I don't know shit about NASCAR. And he took a pit stop with like 10 laps to go and then ended up in like third or something like that. So disappointing. Uh, yeah, I, I bet blind and just, I was reckless and irresponsible with my money. And I didn't do my research. I didn't know shit about NASCAR. I didn't stay in my own lane. And I lost my money. I lost my money. I lost that bet. So just don't, if you're going to be a degenerate with your money and just throw money, use, use promos or free bets. Don't use your own hard earned cash for that. There's a lot better ways you could spend your hard earned cash. And don't get mad if you lose because. Yeah, and don't get mad if you lose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I which, think, again, I've been guilty of that too. But, uh, you know, bet what you know, do your research, and yes, they save those, save those dumb bets for, you know, free bets and things like that. And Keith, I, I think we would all agree. You're probably the, the least, you know, you have the least problem with this, obviously, having to travel to make bets. You know, you're going to probably try to make a better bet considering you don't have as much time, whereas, you know, me or Zach can sit on the toilet and ultimately think that we know something about hockey. So uh, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, you know, driving uh, to and from New Hampshire. You know, I got time to really think about my life and all of my choices, you know, just laid out in front of me. <laughs> so uh, I want to make the uh, the wiser plays with my money rather than, uh, you know, betting on Russian table tennis. Although I will say I have been tempted uh, with live bets on Russian table tennis specifically, but uh, that's for another day. Um, but yeah, definitely, especially if you want to consider yourself a handicapper, go with what you know. Um, you know, otherwise you're betting blindly. Um, at that point, it's straight up gambling as opposed to investing. Because, uh, you know, with something that you are authoritative on, or at least somewhat, you're making somewhat of an informed decision, but going in blind, yeah, you have the potential to light your money on fire. You're just basically playing roulette with, with your gambling money. So I uh, I agree with this commandment wholeheartedly. I think you took some of the words out of my mouth. Don't bet blindly, commandment number seven. I'm not going to re-say what I said ten times like I did before. So uh, <laughs> number six, Zach, you want to take us away on this one? Sir, commandment number six, thou shalt not discuss their results without accurately tracking their wagers. Now, this is something that I think we do really well as a podcast and as a group. We not only say all of our leans and locks on recorded audio and put it out before the games happen, so like, there's no way you cannot check us on that, but we also put them on Twitter, and we're very upfront about our wins and losses, you know? Um, but there's a lot of people and a lot of sites and Twitter accounts that are not as forthcoming. And, you know, they'll have you thinking that they will hit 70% of their bets. And that's just not true. That's unrealistic expectations for sports betting, even as a professional who does it day in and day out. And that's all they do for a living. Like most of them are making, you know, winning 55% of their bets. And that's like, that's being really good as a handicapper. So being, being honest with what you're incredible on what you're betting and leaning and then also just keeping track of what you bet so that people can follow you and see and it helps you figure out where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are too so that you can become better as a sports gambler as well yeah just being transparent and credible with your bets i think uh another thing too just it, it sucks to think about losing but it's a part of gambling and you know if you're just depositing fifty dollars and fifty dollars into draftings over and over again I mean, you could be $1,000 deep before you even realize it. And if you're not paying attention to that kind of stuff, then 
at what point do you say this is not working or where can I learn or like you made a good point, you know, for certain, maybe, maybe you're a good NBA better. Probably not. Cause most people are getting killed by an NBA, but maybe you're the one guy that's making a profit and that's your specialty. You know, maybe you should focus on that. And if you bet NHL, the team you bet on always loses. Well, maybe you just need to stop betting NHL. So I think that's a really good point. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to say about that. It would be, it's one thing like the Julius Randall thing is a perfect example. So I, a couple episodes back, I called him for, to win most improved player of the year. I really liked that bet. I made that bet. I believe Keith did as well. And uh, I, we got him at plus 2,600. And it, it's a whole nother thing to have said, <laughs> to have, you know, but it's, 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 I feel good about it, obviously. But uh, what would it matter if I, after the fact said, oh, I bet on Julius Randle to hit most improved player. And who's going to care? Now, the fact that other people, I think there's a couple people on Twitter that saw that, and they actually, you know, liked that prediction, and they, they tailed us, and they hit. But if it was just like, oh, I totally knew Nikola Jokic was going to win MVP, well, if you knew it, put your money where your mouth is. So um, I think that just keeping track of everything, it's only going to help you. It's only going to keep you more honest. Like Zach said, too, you know, with our locks, we're keeping that stuff honest and, and as transparent as possible. So transparency is key. Keith, what do you think? Speaking to the credibility angle, um, in the long run, nobody's going to hit 100% of their bets. So if you see somebody on social media or what have you, you know, posting, I won this bet and I won this bet, and they keep winning bets, and they never post any of their losses, um, and they're trying to, you know, project or convey this image that they're hitting all of their bets nonstop, that's never going to happen. Honesty is really the best policy. Um you know, especially if you're trying to have any sort of credibility in the uh, sports gambling community, as it were. Um, so, you know, just putting that out there that, hey, I'm putting my money on this. Um, I feel really good about these odds. You know, I feel really good about this team or this player or this prop or whatever. Um, you know, you, you definitely want to make sure that you're, you're putting that out in the universe um, when you're making that bet, when you're putting the, uh, the money down before tip-off, kick-off, whatever, um, just so that folks know, yeah, no, this this person is really being honest about what they're doing, and they're trying to be fully transparent and hopefully winning some money along the way. I think also it probably plays a little bit into, like, uh, you know, having a higher conviction. You know, like for us, for instance, behind this podcast, we don't want to give losing picks. So from the fact that we're even willing to share something, we want to make, we want to have, you know, a good analysis behind it. We want to believe in what we're picking and you know like we've always done we put all we always put money behind our picks everything we've ever called out or on this podcast we've always bet on so um i think those are all really really good points commandment number five is that where we are yeah that's five. perfect i think i think this is one that i probably should say but it's keith's turn so keith take <laughs> this one away for us yeah i think we've all got input on this one uh so number five is Thou shalt not expect to make money betting parlays. Straight up, parlays are for suckers most of the time. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like we've already spoken to a couple of times, you know, social media makes it seem easy, um, but a lot of the time you're only seeing the big winners. Um, and, you know, for every plus one million odds winner, there's a million losers. Um, so, Shit, you know, you shouldn't more. be expecting... <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be expecting to win those big payout parlays. You know, that's basically like playing the lottery. Um, you definitely shouldn't be putting like five to 10% of your bankroll on those parlays. Uh, Cause like we've said already, you know, 
that's pretty much akin to lighting your money on fire, or at least you're setting yourself up for that possibility. As far as hitting big parlays, it's not great for your ego because it's definitely going to inflate you. Um, you're going to have this false sense of confidence. Um, your hindsight bias is going to kick in, and you're going to think, man, I've been hitting all of these things. And back to our last commandment, transparency. If, uh, if you're only thinking about the winners and not the losers in the interim, you're going to think you're invincible and your bankroll is limitless and that's going to lead to all sorts of problems down the road. Tying into this, and I think Zach mentioned it a couple of commandments ago as well, use free bets and in, uh, in promo money to make your degenerate bets. I mean, it's free. Um, you're not taking any risk yourself. You're playing with house money. Um, you know, you get the same rush and in the end, if you hit, you get the money. Uh, but you're not putting any of your hard-earned uh, dollars at risk. Zach, you want to bring up something that happened in football season that had to do with parlays? You know what I'm uh, talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can bring it up. I can bring it up. Sure. I think uh, this might have hit both of you guys. This one, this one didn't affect me, but I remember a certain LSU versus Florida game that uh, Florida was a what was it like a minus six favorite or something like that they and were minus 1600 yep. <laughs> yeah. 20, 23 and a half point favorites and i think yeah. a, i think a certain couple of co-hosts of this podcast may have had that as a, like a bet in their parlay the last leg in fact and marco cleats wilson decides <laughs> to throw a cleat across the field and get a penalty and then uh whoever lsu's kicker hits it's the biggest bomb of his life and just in the uh, fog and everything, yeah. man. In the fog, couldn't even see the uprights, and he nailed it from, like, 55 yards, and LSU wins the game. They were, like, a 23-and-a-half-point underdog, and they just won outright, and that screwed Keith and Jackson out of a lot of money. Keith missed out on, like, a $500 payday, I think. It was, like, 330 but, yeah, it felt the same. Gonna, I, don't even remember, I don't even remember how much I could have won because I, I lost so many parlays <laughs> since then that <laughs> – I can't every, tell you. Every time I tell that story, the amount's going to go up. Eventually, like, Keith lost out 10000 on that. But, uh, <laughs> it felt like it, man. <laughs> especially especially for those six, minus 1,600 odds, man. So if you break that down, that's just a 6% you know, juice added to the rest of the parlay. And I would have gladly paid that 6% <laughs> back to hit that parlay in actuality, man. But, oh, man. I mean, at least at least I can count it as a learning experience. <laughs> you see what Keith did a couple things wrong with that, but this first the first thing he did wrong was uh, bet a parlay and then expect to win. One more thing I want to mention on this is some books, I'm not going to mention any names, but certain books will put promos out for like, if you bet uh, so many leg parlay and miss one of the legs, we'll give you your money back. Like that may sound good in theory, but it's, it's a sucker bet. They're taking your money because most of the time, not only are you not going to hit that parlay, you're not going to hit three of the legs. So you're going to lose your money outright. And if you get it back, you're just tempted to bet again and do the same thing. And eventually you're going to lose because odds are not in your favor in parlays. It goes down exponentially. You know, that's why, that's why people bet them because they think they can hit big, but it's just, yeah, you're playing the lottery and your, your, your best bet is just doing straight wagers. But Jack, what do you got? Resist the temptation. <laughs> Like I've said with other commandments, you know, we all break the rules sometimes, you know, we all sin every now and then, you know, nobody's perfect. And, uh, you know, sometimes you do what you got to do and you're feeling a little degenerate and you want to blind bet a three leg parlay for three different sports you've never watched. And maybe you hit, but you got to realize you're lighting your money on fire over the long term. 
Um, it's kind of like what you said, too, with these, like, parlay insurance bets and things of that nature. There's also times you'll see, like, 33% profit boosts on parlay bets. And the payout is what entices you, but you still have the same low probability of hitting the parlay. So while the juiced-up odds may sound nice, resist the temptation, you know, bet straight when you can. Um, if you're going to bet parlays, keep them small, maybe two to three legs. Once you're getting into the seven-plus legs, you're just literally expecting one bad thing to happen, one Marco Cleats Wilson away from losing your original wager. So, yeah, uh, I, think, I think mine was like a seven-leg parlay on that one. It might have been a ten-leg. It was, it was rough. I feel like we did okay with those for football, but I, we definitely went overboard. And uh, I think yeah, after last stupid. year, round robins will no longer be in our betting criteria. <laughs> yeah. So let's add round robins to the parlays too, because that's technically yeah. like a parlay, right? And if you don't know what a round robin is, don't even bother to look it up. <laughs> don't don't go down that robin hole, rabbit hole. <laughs> robin hole. Don't fall, don't fall for it. Also, if you do bet these and you hit one, you're not a fucking genius, so don't think you're going to keep doing it. That's that's a trap. DraftKings will probably gladly accept your screenshot and post it on their Twitter to make us feel like idiots, even though it's, yeah, it's like oh, you all both said prior. It's like hitting the lotto. They don't, they don't take pictures of all the losers' parlays. Otherwise, I would be all <laughs> over DraftKings Twitter. So, uh, yeah, perfect. Let's go ahead and stop talking about parlays because I'm getting sad thinking about them. But uh, <laughs> commandment number four, I believe – it's back on me. And yes, I think this is one that almost all sports bettors fall victim to over time, but one that we think is pretty important, and it's thou shalt not bet based on one's fandom. So, like I said, you know, humans are inherently biased. Um, we naturally want to root for the things that we want to see happen, and that's the things that people naturally bet on. I mean, that's probably the primary motivation of gambling is to make money off your team winning. Like, what's cooler than that? Celebrating a victory? With the Saints Super Bowl and making money off of it, that would be, I, I can only dream because there wasn't sports betting in 2009, but I digress from yeah, that. That would have been, been dope. Well, there was, but we, we couldn't do it. So no, it wasn't, not, it, it might as well not, not have 17, existed. 18. Yeah, exactly. So if you're going to bet on your favorite teams, you know, just expect to lose more often than your average wagers, honestly. It's great entertainment when you can profit off your team winning or covering, you know, our boys, Deezus and Barrow, our podcast inspirations. They love to talk about the Knicks covering the spread. Happened a lot this year until the playoffs. But it's, it, it also hurts just as, as bad as when they lose. You know, you also lost money on the fact that your team lost for a double whammy. You know, Zach has the ultimate strategy of betting against his teams in football, um, not so much in basketball. He did pretty good tailing the Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies this year. So, at the same time, I think um, there was probably multiple facets to that. But yeah, so it's it's almost completely impossible to separate what you want to happen from what will actually happen. Um, you know, you got to have an objective outlook on things versus you know your personal bias and sub- subjectivity. And yeah, um, if you bet for your team, you know, buyer beware. Zach, tell us about the Grizzlies and betting behind them. Um. Well, you know, yeah, I I do bet the Grizzlies, or I did this year quite a bit, and they were really good against the spread, so that worked out, but. I mean, the most the, the reason it worked out the most is because I like to bet underdogs and the Grizzlies are underdogs a lot. So it's and it's mostly because they're a small market team 
and they're just kind of under the radar, a bunch of young players. Now that we made the playoffs and people saw John Morant prime time a bunch, now, like, next year, I don't expect them to have near as good of odds or covered the spread nearly as much. So that's going to be something, you know, in the future, I'm probably not going to bet the Grizzlies near as much. But, like, with the Bears, I usually bet against the Bears because uh, I don't trust the Bears, first of all, and second of all, you know, if they do somehow win, then I kind of feel happy even if I lost money. So that's just a theory that I use there. But that's that's not something that I would recommend everybody uses necessarily. But betting against your biases biases is is really difficult to do because, first of all, you have to know, like, what your bias is and, like, acknowledge it and realize that you do have one. Even if it's a team that you don't like, you could be betting for or against a team because you don't like them. So I've done that multiple it's, times. <laughs> it's, very, it's very important to, like, do your research and be as objective as possible. Like, look at injuries, look at statistics, look at trends, and try, just try to remove all of your preconceived, like, notions and everything like that because you think you're a genius or you think you know a certain team and then, like, the opposite is going to happen because that's gambling. That's, that's how sports are. It's, they're pretty unpredictable. So just do your best to do your research and take your own biases out of them as much as possible. I think uh... – Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, Keith and I probably had a little bias against the Buccaneers this year, um, just being you know bitter Saints fans. I think that, looking back at it, that probably clouded our perceptions of their Super Bowl potential. Um, would you agree with that, Keith? No. No, not, <laughs> not at all. I mean, if you look at the Bucs, man, they were lucky. I mean, Drew Brees threw three picks you're, against them in the thank playoffs. Thank you. You're, you're, proving, you're proving the bias. Thank you. <laughs> Drew Brees threw three picks against them. Jerry Cook fumbled the ball late. Um, Tom Brady didn't play well in the NFC Championship, uh, but their defense bailed them out. I mean, yeah, objectively, they were, they were pretty loaded on both sides of the ball. Um, a lot of the retrospective analysis on the Super Bowl was that, you know, the Chiefs' offensive line simply didn't exist you know, through a combination of injuries and opt-outs, um, which... I mean, in hindsight, that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. But yeah, I, I kind of wasn't looking at that. I was I was betting against the Bucks to win a Super Bowl at home. But I did place a safety bet on the Bucks money line to win back a little bit of money, in the off chance that they did win. So it worked out a little bit. Um, but I will say for this particular commandment, um, it does help if your team sucks because uh, <laughs> then the subjectivity is pretty easily removed. Uh, for example, this NBA season, the Pelicans were really awesome at blowing games late. They won a lot of first halves. They won a lot of games through third quarters if you know the game was only played for 36 minutes. And then they would somehow wind up blowing it into the fourth. And so uh, we kind of established in our group chat that a good trend was to bet against the Pelicans uh, for the game and maybe bet for them in the first half. I mean, obviously, I never made any bets because uh, I wasn't going to New Hampshire during during hoop season, but it was just something that we had noticed. And like Zach pointed to uh, the Bears, you know, betting against the Bears is pretty easy. <laughs> so it is, it is pretty easy to uh, to remove your sub your subjectivity when your team is bad uh, through the Saints sustained run of success over the uh, the Peyton and Breeze era. That's probably kind of the opposite. And now that that's gone, we'll see. But definitely want to notice, you know, your stats, your trends, your players, your matchups, um, and so forth. And, you know, don't don't bet on the results that you want to happen. Bet on the results that you believe are going to happen based on the information in front of you. 
can always wipe away your tears with dollars. So your team loses, but that's just how it's going to be. $100 bills under the eyes feels a little <laughs> bit better. So that's pretty good on that one. I think also, too, real fast, um, if you notice, a lot of lines are, are based on fandom. I mean, look at Lakers lines, for instance. You'll see lots of points being given to teams that people like to bet. Um, kind of how you were saying about the Grizzlies, the Pelicans lines have drastically changed since Zion Williamson started playing there because there's so much more interest in people watching Pelicans games and they want to see the new young dude do good. I mean, look at his player prop lines. I'm sure under, I'd have to look this up to confirm, but I would assume he probably hit the under after a certain point on more of his over under player point totals. You know, after going on a nice run at first, there's a regression of the mean. Um, You'll see in baseball too, everybody wants to bet the Dodgers. That's going to adjust the lines. And, you know, that could lead to good betting opportunities, but I think we get into that further along. So let's go ahead and leave that at that. And let's go into commandment number three, Zach. Yes, sir. Commandment number three, thou shall not anchor a bet in multiple parlays. Just do not use anchor bets, period. We've touched on them before. Can you, can, bet- you de- yeah, can you describe for the audience what an anchor bet is for any first-time listeners potentially? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've talked about this before, but we want to definitely bring it up again. It's one of our commandments. An anchor bet is just a bet that you feel extremely confident in for whatever reason. Even if you've done your research, you just feel super confident in this bet. So you go ahead and put it on. You bet it straight. You bet it in this parlay. You bet it in this parlay. You bet it in this round robin. You bet it all over. And it's just like your, it's like your gimme bet, just to kind of juice odds on everything. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. If you, if you feel super confident in something, bet it straight and put a decent amount of money on it. But don't, put it, don't be putting it in a bunch of parlays. Don't be relying on that one to hit if you have other things that also need to hit. Because if that one misses, then all of a sudden you just missed every bet you made because you put that in everything. So um, as ma- no matter how tempting it is, no matter, no matter how much of a lock you think something is, just don't rely on one line or one game, one result to win and get you all your bets to hit. Like, it's, it's, it's just not smart. I think there's a game that I have a perfect example of, of doing that with. Can you think of what it is? <laughs> I'm going to guess uh, Florida versus LSU. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that one I had in multiple in multiple parlays. So yeah, like we've been saying, you know, if you bet parlays as little as possible, but if you are going to bet them, and a lot of people are going to, I mean, if they're so easily available, um, if you're going to bet them, try to keep out Florida minus sixteen hundred from all of your parlays. Uh, Keith, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, to reiterate, that's sixteen hundred. Oh my god, the six percent juice was not worth it at all. And I think I bet that Florida game like three or four times in different parlays that weekend as well. But yeah, it sunk the big one. I, I think the other ones, you know, I had multiple legs lose, but that was the only one it, that that uh, game actually. It's the only one you remember, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, the big one is is the one you remember. <laughs> That's okay. that hindsight bias. You don't hear my phone oh. ringing. Your phone, your phone's ringing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Are we are we getting a caller into the show? Um, Surprise guest appearance. Not quite. Sorry about that. Um, That's all good. Late, late night non-booty call. All right. Got that taken care of. Uh, Sorry to interrupt. So back, back to the anchor bet commandment, though. Um, I think we came up with a saying in the, in the group chat. If you're going to make an anchor bet, be prepared to go down with the ship. So if, uh, if that one bet loses that you're making across the board, it's going to sink your whole you know weekend or 
whatever your time frame is for betting, it might just wipe out your bankroll entirely. If you're going to do it, you're insane. You're probably lighting all your money on fire. Don't do it. Diversify your investments. We're making investments here in our sports gambling. Love it. Anchor bets, not good. Keep them out of your life. They will sink you into hell. Um, moving on from that, commandment number two, whose turn is it? Keith? It's mine. Keith, take it over. Thou shalt not expect to get rich from betting sports. Let that one sink in. <laughs> on the low end in terms of professional handicappers um so you know these guys consider themselves the best of the best the low end of their bankrolls is fifty thousand. i don't think anybody on this podcast has 50k of loose change just to uh you know be throwing out there on sports gambling um <laughs> so uh you know we don't really consider ourselves in that echelon and we're also not really playing. I mean, hopefully in the long run we can, you know, make 50, 100K, but that's very, not what we're doing. The very, very, very long run. Yeah, that's not what we're doing nowadays. And we already talked about lottery, uh, parlays, things like that. We're not we're not in it for that either. You want to look at sports betting as entertainment that you can potentially profit from, uh, not something that should be your sole focus. You don't really want to deep dive into uh, something that, you know, maybe you're making emotional bets on, maybe you're doing, you know, this, that, and the third. You, you obviously have a full-time job. You probably have a mortgage, car payment. You know, you don't want to uh, really sink all your investments into uh, into sports gambling. You know, we, we want to get our highs uh, from hitting big bets. Um, you know, with that obviously comes certain lows, but you don't want your lows to be rock bottom. Keep a level head. Don't expect to get rich. Just expect to make a little bit of money. Have a lot of fun along the way. And you're golden from there if you uh, keep that mentality. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I just I second everything Keith said. And a lot of these a lot of these commandments, they kinda they kinda interweave and like they all they all kinda run together. Like you can't really have one without the other. You kinda need all of these as just like foundations for your for your sports gambling. So you don't so you don't lose too much money or go crazy or like get too, you know, get too hyped up on, on one lucky win or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, keep, keep the, hit, it, hit it on the head. So I got, I got nothing else to add there. I think um, one thing to keep in mind, too, is, you know, people have different bet sizes. They have different priorities and obligations in life. And I, for me, for instance, single 30-year-old guy, I can probably afford to lose a little bit more money than someone who has a wife and kids trying to raise a family. And uh, there's different levels of, of gambling altogether, obviously. So there's no reason to knock or be jealous of someone for a certain amount of money they won or lost. Um, it is kind of funny sometimes to commiserate in seeing other people lose big amounts of money. You know, there's all kinds of posts on Twitter of guys betting $500,000 on certain games and losing. And, uh, yeah, it, it those hurt just as bad as, you know, maybe a $100 bet for some other people. So let's just say you do bet a parlay and you hit for six grand. Enjoy it. Don't expect to keep flipping it over and over again. So I want to make, I'm going to turn this $100 bill into a million dollars. Like it's very unlikely to happen. I'm not going to say impossible, but it might as well be. So don't expect to get rich doing this stuff, guys. Obviously, we want to make money doing it. Otherwise, we'd be idiots if we were expecting to lose every bet that we made. Keep that you know, in mind that this is supposed to be for fun, strictly entertainment, with the potential to make money. And if you lose, 
you got other investments, like Keith said, diversify your investments. You know, buy some DraftKings stock. Know what that most people are probably losing their money. So how can you get a return? And then guess what? When they start paying dividends, you take that dividend money, you bet it on DraftKings. It's like free cash, baby. So I think that's always something to keep in mind. So but uh so we have one more commandment, but let's just talk about these ones real fast. Um bonus commandment number one, thou shalt fade the public. If you see large amounts of money being bet on one team or in one direction uh, through, like, the Action Sports app, through social media. You, this, this information is mostly public. Um, and, you know, 95% of the money is going one way. It's probably in your favor to bet the other direction. So, uh, yeah, the average sports better is not making a profit, like I just recently said. Uh, otherwise, the books would not offer the lines and the spreads that are currently available. They would be massively skewed and not worth our time. And, uh, yeah, it's not surprising to any of us at this point, I don't think, when we see a large portion of the bets and the money on one side for us to ultimately lose. So um, sometimes there's setup lines. Sometimes, you know, it seems like this is too good to be true. And uh, more often than not, it probably is. So if you see large amounts of money going in one direction, the public is a bunch of idiots, and we've all fallen victim to being on the public side, but thou shalt fade the public. Couldn't agree more. This is something that just recently happened with, again, I'm going to go back to something that I experienced with the Grizzlies. We were big time underdogs against the Warriors in the playing game for the, for the playoffs and then against the Jazz in game one. And I bet the Grizzlies both times because like 90% of the money, 90% of the bets were on, you know, the Warriors and the Jazz and the Grizzlies won both of those games. Now they ended up losing against the Jazz the next four. But the point is like, after game one of that series, the money had started to kind of level out a little bit, not nearly as much. Like, the Jazz were still getting most of the money. The but, Grizzlies uh, were definitely getting some respect, though, after taking game one, and the line definitely it, dropped. Exactly. But, you know, with, like, the Warriors, they had the Steph factor, so they were going to get, you know, that juice like we talked about. And um, now, granted, part of the reason I bet the Grizzlies was because I'm a Grizzlies fan, so I didn't have that bias and believe in them. But at the same time, it's also good, it fits in with baiting the public in this case. And then also uh, to go along with this, like sometimes you have to look at all the public, like all the public money will be going one way, but then a majority of the money is actually going the other way, which means the sharps are going for the way that the public's not, which is something to really pay attention to because it's say 80% of the bets on one team, but 80% of the money is on the other team. You typically want to follow the money in that scenario because that means the public's favoring a team, but the people who really know what they're doing and make a lot of money off this are going the other way. So, Totally agree. And obviously it's not going to work for all circumstances and scenarios, but it does feel like more often than not that that's going to be the smart play for you. So, Keith, how do you feel about that one? Everything in this game is based on odds and trends. You know, setting yourself up for the best uh, means of success possible. Obviously, you know, not 100% of the bets that you make are going to win in your lifetime. But like we've been talking about, you know, make a note of where the money is going. Again, we've talked about different tools you can use to see uh, what the betting trends are. A lot of this information is publicly available, but public is a bunch of idiots. I think we kind of know that just kind of looking at our general society. <laughs> but, uh, I think George but, uh, Carlin said it best, what, look at the average person, and then 50% of people are dumber than that person. So I think that says it yeah. all, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, but 
the people who are really throwing some money down and not just like the ridiculous, you know, 500k bets that we see people lighting themselves on fire and we get to laugh at that on Twitter. But uh, the really serious bettors with the actual serious bankroll to go with it, um, they're more often than not going to lead you to the promised land. So definitely keep an eye on who's doing what. Last bonus commandment before we get into number one, thou shalt ride the wave. Zach, I think you had a nice, interesting take on how that should be said. Uh, Roll roll Tide. Roll roll Tide, (laughs) I guess, because Zach made money off of Alabama in multiple ways this year. Riding the wave is, you know, there's going to be ups and downs in sports betting. There's going to be ups and downs in any form of gambling or speculation, whether it be the stock market, whether it be futures, whether it be a straight line. Uh, But, yeah, don't let the results get in your head either in either direction. Um, We all go on winning and losing streaks, and that's what we like to call volatility. It's the natural force of flipping a coin. So um, if you can't afford to make a bet, um, don't don't make the fucking bet. It's that simple. Um, Otherwise, you know, call that gambler's hotline number that was coming up on my notifications since I get on the MGM app so much. And you should probably turn off this podcast because if you're going to let your losses tank you and you just feel absolutely terrible about them, and you can't sleep at night because fucking Celtics missed a garbage time basket to cover the spread or something like, you know, something along those lines. Like, maybe you should take a step back. So, thou shalt ride the wave. Zach, what do you think about that one? Yeah, man, just don't get too high and don't get too low. Just have, have fun with it as much as possible and and just just go with the ebbs and flows of it. I, I know all of us have been in, like, really hot streaks and really cold streaks, and if, you, if you're in a really cold streak and you need to like, take a break from it and step away for a little bit, take a break from it. Step away. And, you know, if you're not having a good time doing it, then don't do it. Don't be putting your money out there like that. So, yeah, just don't get too high and don't get too low with it and stay consistent with your research and, and where you're putting your money and be smart about it. And don't chase the losses. and You'll be fine. I think also going along with this, and Keith can definitely – Agree with me, I'm sure. Um, you know, if you win a $500 bet, it's going to feel really good. <laughs> but it's going to feel equally as bad to lose that $500. Would you probably agree with me on that one? Yeah. I mean, seeing the shots win, uh, that first bet that I came on this podcast and made and had my little promo bet uh, place $500 on them was phenomenal. But uh, I was sweating big time that morning. I was watching on college game day and 15 minutes before kickoff, their starting QB was out because uh, his shoulder was hurting that morning. So, I mean, that right there was riding a hell of a wave, you know, within the span of three and a half hours. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to have hot streaks. You're going to have cold streaks. Like Zach said, you know, sometimes you just need to take a seat, um, step away from the game for a little while. Uh, we've had weeks on this podcast where, you know, one or some of us have, uh, just faded all competitions because we didn't like any lines, and that's okay. I mean, we're we're building over the long term. We're getting our uh, our entertainment out of it, and some weeks you just got to know, hey, I don't like anything that's going on this week. I don't want to, you know, take some action just for the sake of having action. Um, just keep a level head and let the money flow on in, however it's going to come on in. We have one last commandment, and this is one that – I think might be slightly controversial just based on the way that we operate our show. And I will just go ahead and say this one off and I'll come to you guys. But number one commandment of all sports betting, there is no such thing as a lock. As much as we like to think that we're going to give really good bets and have high conviction bets for our locks, they don't always win. And it's been apparent where Zach and I started this podcast 
we started off pretty rough. And if you only listen to one or two episodes, you probably were never coming back based on our locks because uh, you bet against those locks, you made good money. So, um, you know, hashtag fade Zach. That was a thing for a while. Funny joke. Uh, that was probably forgotten about until I just said it. But um, there's no such thing as a lock in, in sports betting, no matter what you think. Florida minus 1600 is a great example. <laughs> <laughs> just keeps, everything comes back to that. Tweets uh, <laughs> uh, Wilson. Yeah, so uh, nothing is a lot, guys. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know personally my lock record was was not very good throughout the college football season. And it seemed like no matter what I did in college basketball, for that matter, it seemed like no matter what I did, I couldn't hit a lock. But I was net positive on my bets because a lot of the other stuff I was betting was hitting. So it's like uh, there's no such thing as a lock. Even the things you're most confident in, they might lose because it's it's sports. That's how that's how it works. Sometimes you're gonna win, sometimes you're gonna lose. But just stick to your stick to your guns and and your commandments, and you should be all right. Stick to our commandments. Listen to all of stick everything to our, we say. Everything we say. Listen to uh, Keith. Let, what do you, let us guide you, Keith. What do you think um, about that? Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's no such thing as a lock. Our lock records are imperfect, so that's all the evidence you need right there. You know, we feel really good about the bets we put down as locks every week, and Sometimes they just don't work out on our end. Um, you know, I had a great lock record in 2020, especially in college football, especially betting on the Big Ten. And then, <laughs> and then uh, in 2021, that, that went straight to hell. I'm glad that we only bet through football season and then we took our little hiatus because things were not going great. Uh, so hopefully I can turn it around this coming fall. But, you know, ebbs and flows. Don't let yourself get too high, too low. Like Zach said, you know, take all these commandments together. But... That LSU Florida game, I think we beat the hell out of this dead horse, <laughs> but uh, that's that's the best and foremost example that we can think of. There's no such thing as a lock. No such thing. Yeah, I, I think, uh, guys, I, that's going to do it for us. That was honestly, um, for as many technical difficulties as we have experienced, went surprisingly well. Um, I hope that we could help everybody out in terms of just overall knowledge of you know how to just make smarter bets and uh, – you know, like we said, we don't always follow these. We do our best. Everybody slips up from time to time. and uh, But, yeah, the only person with a perfect lock record is sports betting Jesus, and I have yet to meet him. Um, he might be fake like real Jesus, but I'll, I'll leave that at that. So let's go ahead and close this thing out, guys. Save it for the Theology Podcast. <laughs> that'll, that'll be in the next uh, – that'll be in the whatever something else related to the Bible sports betting episode we have. So, uh, guys, let's go ahead and close it out. Um, everyone that listened, we really appreciate it. Um, this is hopefully going to be the first of many episodes with video. Um, we will be posting this to YouTube. All of our audio episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every other major platform. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ZNJSB Podcast, as well as on the Action Sports app where we post all of our locks. Currently not posting any locks because we are waiting on football season where we are expecting to do some big things. Uh, more to come in the future, hopefully. But uh, that's all I got. Anything else you guys want to share before we close it out? Good, man. Hopefully the Nets don't win the NBA championship. Lock it up. <laughs> yeah, bet against the Nets. Hopefully the Bucks can turn this series around. Uh, highly doubt it. But anyways, that's going to do it for us, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we will see you soon. Not exactly sure when, but stay posted. And uh, have a great night, and good luck to you. I'm Zach. I'm Jack. And I'm Keith. Thanks again for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Peace. Deuces. It's showtime. <laughs>